and welcome to the Summit Church Podcast. We hope today, as you listen to this week's content, that you grow in your faith and in your relationship with God. Connect more with us by going to ardmoresummit.church and remember to love God, love people, and love life. have your Bibles, let's go to Mark chapter 10. We're going to jump right in here. Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 17, and we'll go all the way to 31. It is up on the screen. The, words, uh, the Lord's word says this, and as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, well, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know my commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, teacher, all these I've kept from my youth. And Jesus, I love this, y'all, looking at him, loved him and said to him, you lack one thing. Go Sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Verse 23, and Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said to them again, children, How difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And they were exceedingly astonished and said to him, then who can be saved? Verse 27, Jesus looked at them and said, with man it is impossible, but not with God, for all things are possible with God. Peter began to say to him, see, we have left everything and followed you. And Jesus said, truly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brothers and sisters, mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last will be first. The title of this message is The Last Shall Be First. Let's pray this morning. God, we thank you. Lord, we love you. God, I just ask for you to speak to us. God, let us receive your word in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Man, this, this whole journey through the gospel of Mark has been really just uh, amazing. And what we've been able to see through the gospel, uh, we see it quite often, this kind of theme where throughout this whole thing, Jesus has kind of been tearing down the misconceptions of the religious elite, and he's always going a little deeper. They always come at him with some surface questions, and Jesus likes to flip it back and go just a little bit deeper. I mean, for example, guys, last week when when Jesus was asked the trick question regarding divorce, right, and Jesus responds going a little bit deeper, he said, it was because of the hardness of your hearts that Moses wrote the law. And, and Jesus is really good throughout this gospel of flipping things back around to us. And he's forcing us 
to think a little bit deeper than just the surface question. And that's the same case for today that we're going to look at. One thing that will really help you kind of just get your mind into this mode, get into the context, is at this time of Christ, there was a strong belief among the Jews that the righteous were rewarded often with prosperity. Something must be going right with them because they are rich, they are blessed, and so they, these guys are automatically in. There was that belief system going around. And so what is Jesus really getting at in this text? We won't go to the next slide just yet. I just want to really quickly say some things that Jesus is not saying. <laughs> Jesus was not teaching that the way to get to heaven is a life of poverty in this world. You need to understand that that's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is not saying that the rich are always last in heaven and the poor are always first in heaven. So what is Jesus getting at in this conversation? Why does the young ruler, the rich young ruler, why is he seeking more? I mean, if, it's, if that's the culture that I must be doing good with God, why does he still come to Jesus asking for more? There's clearly some things that are not being fulfilled in this young man's life. And you can see this encounter that he has with Jesus. And so we're going to jump right in. If you have an outline, I want you to write these things down. If not, open up your phones. Let's write it down, scan the QR code, whatever. Write this down. Number one, Jesus isn't questioning himself as God. He's asking who yours is. Why do I phrase it that way? Why do I say that? Because here's the first thing that pops off the scripture to me. The young man comes to Jesus in a moment of surrender, kneeling, and says, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of God? And what does Jesus respond back? It's really weird. He says, whoa, why do you call me good? Only God is good. Jesus is not questioning himself as God. He's asking, are you fully prepared to accept me as God? If you're going to say I'm good teacher, if you're going to say I'm good, then you have to take on the mindset that I am God. And are you fully prepared to do that? Because Jesus is going a little bit deeper here. He kind of looks at this young man and understands there's more, to, there's more to what you're asking me. He said, you know the commandments. Do this. You don't do this. You don't do that. And what does the young man do? He says, I've done all those things. I'm, I'm doing all right then. I, I've got it figured out. I'm doing good. And I love this. Guys, it says the Bible, the Bible says that Jesus looked at him and loved him. Let's pause for just a moment. Sometimes we just jump over and we just get too, going too quick. He stopped, looked at him, and he loved him. That is our God. That even when we come and we got a little off, he looks at us with love, and lovingly he speaks to the man's heart, and he says, you're almost there. You lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come follow me. The Bible says, disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Since the young man seemed to be self-righteous, Jesus showed him the idol of his heart. 
It was his money. It was his, it was his self-righteousness. And Jesus exposed this man's real God in his life. That's why he says, wait a minute. Are you sure I'm good teacher? Are you ready to call me God? This man has already failed the first commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. And disheartened by this, he leaves because he says, I, I can't fully get rid of all these things to follow you. I can't do this because when we're following Jesus, there has to be some changes in how we prioritize and value things, which leads me to number two, following Jesus changes what we value. Following Jesus changes what we value. This man had already set on the pedestal what he valued more than a relationship with Jesus. What was more important to him? And I've said, we've said it back and forth in, in staff meetings, and I've mentioned it to our students throughout this month. We're going through a series about church, and this phrase keeps coming up that the kingdom of God is upside down. Which means that the things that we value and the priorities that we protect, they have to change when we follow Jesus. They have to change. The status that we work hard to keep, the image that we work hard to maintain, the relationships that we compromise to protect, all these things change value and position when we follow Jesus. We have to go, okay, I need to align my life with you. Let me just say, sometimes when, I, when, when people say, you got to change your values and what you prioritize. Jesus is not coming in and completely saying, it doesn't matter your life. There are things that God has blessed you with. There's things that God has uniquely put into your life. And Jesus is not coming around saying, hey, those things don't matter. It's just me. That, that, that's a little arrogant. That's not what he's doing. He says, no, 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 no. Hey, if, if you got money, that's, a, that's good. But if you also don't have money, that's good too because I'm the focus. I'm the priority. I'm the value. And when you start to put things above Christ, that's when he goes, hold up a minute. Are you sure? No, well, your values are off here. And I mean, these guys, the, the, you got to understand, the disciples are, blown. it says they were amazed by this. They're blown away. They ask the question, then who gets in? Wait a minute. Because remember, the culture is clearly these guys are blessed by God. Clearly. Look at them. And you're telling me that dude didn't get in? What about us? Because it's their mindset. It's the culture. We got we to gotta change the culture. And he says, look with, look, with man, it's impossible, but with God, it is possible. We have to go back to changing our values and our positions. When we say yes to Jesus, we say yes to refining those, not just because it's right, but because it's better. It's better to do it this way. And here's the thing. The, the elite, and then even today, the motto of the world is you you do you. You go. Climb that ladder, sister. You keep going, bro. Uh, you manifest it. Do your thing. Go, go, go. Push everybody out of the way to get to the top. Hey, you want to you wanna be successful in this world? You want to do great? You've got to climb and keep going, and you run over people. If people can't go with you, too bad. And I've even seen it creep its way into the church that we got to go. We've got to do this. 
And so the world's motto to being first is first come, first serve. But Jesus's motto is first come to serve. It's, it's about, no, wait a minute, slow down just a minute. Come be a part of what I'm doing. You want to know how to be great? I'm modeling it out for you every single day. Every day. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, it says, For you know the grace, which is undeserved favor of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake... He became poor so that you, by his poverty, might become rich. What's the context of what Jesus is talking about from 17 to verse 31? The context suggests that it's an inconspicuous, obedient disciple, not much recognized in this life, last, who will receive the greatest honor first. This is what our Lord and Savior did, guys. He's showing us. What do we talk about in week one? Servants don't seek recognition. And here's the great thing about this. Jesus will never ask you to do something that he hasn't done himself. While he was in very nature God, he didn't exploit his equality with God for self-advantage. Rather, he emptied himself of status and power and became a servant. Too often, when we jump into this, believing in Jesus, we just miss it. And, and, and partially, I'm not saying some at church, but the church as a whole, maybe we've done it a little wrong. It's real simple, guys. Raise a hand at the end of service, repeat a prayer, you're in. And thank God. But we've missed the point that Guys, there's sacrifice. Because Peter says, we've left everything for you. I don't know about y'all. I haven't left a lot, right? I mean, come on. I, I'm going to go home. I'm going to get in my pool today and vacuum it. <laughs> like, I haven't left a lot of stuff. But here's the question. If Jesus was to say, you better be ready. If Jesus was to say, Get up, sell your house, go. I know me and my wife, we'd have a lot of conversations. My mother-in-law, she works for the post office and she'd be like, well, where are you going? I'll transfer to that post office so I can be around my babies, whatever it might be. But I, I, I kind of I put a little fun on that, but, but seriously, what would you do? We sing songs, I want to be tried by fire purified do you <laughs> do you want to be do you do you really are you serious are you sure you want to follow Jesus are you sure he's the good teacher we asked you what would you say to him the first time you meet him I'm sorry that's what I'd say but whew, we miss it we miss it too often we miss the meaning of the words believe in Jesus. The Greek word for believe literally means to trust or to have faith or to depend. It's sometimes translated as to obey. So when Jesus says we are to believe, he is also saying to trust or depend on him. 
This is a commitment. It's more than just intellectual knowledge. I could care less. Myself, guys, I, I'm going, I'm, I'm pursuing education. Education. I, clearly, I can't talk. I, I, need, I need water is what I need. Education. I'm pursuing, <laughs> I'm pursuing an education. I, I, I'm going to go get my master's in divinity. I'm going to learn how to really break this word down so that way I can teach it better. I'm excited for that. But I could care less about somebody who says, well, I know how to break down the whole gospel of Mark. If you can't sacrifice something for Jesus, you've missed the point. And Jesus says, or excuse me, Peter says, we've left everything for you. Number three, what we give up doesn't compare to what we gain. What we give up doesn't compare to what we gain. If not them, then who could be saved? It's difficult for the disciples to fathom this lesson. Jesus affirms that his followers will have to make sacrifices. But he makes a promise. He makes a promise. He says that for anything we sacrifice to follow him, we will receive back blessings. All believers, no matter how long or how hard they work during their lifetime, will receive the same basic, and I do not mean that in a disrespectful way, but the same general reward, eternal life. Praise God. Amen. We're all going to be in heaven together if we said yes to Jesus. The thief on the cross whose life of service was just limited to a moment of repentance and confession of faith in Christ received the same reward of, the, uh, of eternal life as did as is Timothy. And Timothy served his whole life for Christ. But what I love about Jesus, and man, you can correct me tomorrow if I'm wrong in staff meeting, all right? But I love that we always say the goal is heaven. Mark, we, didn't we have some songs back in the day? I, I act like I was there. I'm sorry I wasn't. But I did grow up in a church that we just sang songs about heaven all the time. Oh, I can't wait. To, we'll all be happy over there. We always were. That was the reward. And, and guys, it is. It's great. I can't wait. But I love that Jesus always says, not just eternal life, but in this time too. Jesus is not against you having blessings now. Now, it is not the prosperity gospel that we're talking about. It's what's odd is, okay, again, the last shall be first, the first shall be last. It's all about serving. You, it's the byproduct. It is the natural byproduct of you saying, I'm sacrificing everything, and here's, here it is to you. Christ can't help but to continue to abundantly bless you if you serve him faithfully. Amen? Amen. Not just eternal life, but now as well. And I love that they say, how is this possible? And Jesus says, with you guys, it's not. It's really hard. But with God, all things are possible. All things, I said. What things? Well, let's just kind of look at what God's done already. All things. Things like making fishermen's fishers of men. Things like casting out an unclean spirit to make a man clean. 
Things like healing all who are sick and demon-possessed in one night of miraculous power. Things like touching an untouchable and making him clean. Things like telling a paralytic to rise and to walk. Things like collecting a tax collector into the kingdom of God. Things like restoring a withered hand. Things like calming a sea. Things like healing a man with a demon. Things like drying a discharge of blood that no one could stop for 12 years. Things like raising a little girl to silence those who doubt. Things like taking just a couple pieces of bread and a few pieces of fish and making a feast in the desert for thousands. Things like walking on water. Things like restoring hearing to the deaf and sight to the blind and a right mind to a man with, uh, excuse me, a boy with an unclean spirit and things like upholding God's law, teaching and having authority and calling sinners to repentance. This is what Jesus was doing. This is what Jesus is doing. Are you sure I'm the good teacher? I have proven myself over and over, and I don't have to, but all of these things, I have claimed who I am. Are you ready to sacrifice and follow me? Peter says, we've left everything for you. Jesus came to make a way. With man, it's impossible. But not with God. Not with Jesus. So, how can I be first? First off, get that out of your mind. It's not about that. Jesus, how can you be first in my life? What do you want me to do? Hey guys, we're going to pray. If you have things that in your family we need to pray for, we're going to take the time for that. We're going to make time for if you're hurting, you need healing, we're going to pray for that. But right now, I want every eye looking at me. Ask Jesus, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do, Jesus? And look, if you don't, and there's no shame. Come back next week, be a part of Summit Church. But if you are right here just going, man, every week I keep coming to this bank building thinking that it's not going to be anything, but I can't help but feel the presence of God in this place. I can't help to think that, man, God is pulling at me and I'm ready to step over, but man, I just don't know. What is Jesus asking of you. Is he the good teacher? <laughs> Jesus, what do you want from me? Ask him right now. Pray. Father, you gave the greatest sacrifice. So what do you want from me? Whatever you say, I'll do it. Scared or not, I'll do it. Excited or not, I'll do it. Whether it brings all glory and makes me look good, it doesn't matter. I, it, whether it's just me in the background doing what seems like nothing, whatever you ask of me, whatever you ask me to do, whatever you ask me to walk away from, whatever you ask me to give, whatever it is, Jesus, I'm saying yes. I can't do it by myself, but you said it with you, these things are possible. I'm going to give you like 20, 30 more seconds. Pray to him. Where are you calling me, Lord? What do you, what, what sacrifice this season, this fall season that you want from my family? 
What are some things, God, that you are wanting to do in my life so that I'll be ready in 2025? God, what are you wanting to do in our family? Help me think outside the box. Whatever it is, where are you calling me? I'm ready. I'm done. Even if I'm not fully prepared, I have all the credentials. All I need is you, and I'm ready. Lord, we receive it today. We respond and we say yes and amen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.